Um, so, I don't know if everyone knows me, but my name is Mary and, one, and I'm one of the worship leaders here in St. John's. And this morning, we are starting our new series called Hits in the 90s. It's a very um, bright <laughs> poster. Um, I absolutely love Psalms because they're very real. They're very emotional and poetic in some ways. So I think in whatever seasons we might be in, there is always a psalm that will relate to how we feel. Um, and can I invite you to open your Bibles? Or, well, we'll, we'll have a Bible reading on the screens as well, but if there are some of us that like holding a paper Bible, please do. It's um, page 600. Okay, I'll start reading. So, Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fallest snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, he, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for, the, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, this psalm is so uplifting, isn't it? And can I tell you an interesting fact, which I'm sure probably all of you know, but I, I kind of didn't really think about it. So the book of Psalms wasn't actually just written, written by David. Who knew that there are other authors of Psalms? Well, yeah, some of us, okay. <laughs> um, so the book of Psalms is a collection of worship songs written by a variety of authors, such as Azaf, Solomon, Ethan, Moses, and the sons of Korah. It's 
So that's quite exciting. I was like, wow, I didn't know this. Because I used to listen to Psalms and people would always say, Psalm of David. So it was a really exciting fact for me. <laughs> and Psalm 91 is actually written by Moses. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, and it kind of, I looked at this psalm in a very different way, knowing that the author is Moses, because Moses' Moses' life was not straightforward. It was far from being perfect. So, can I ask you a question? Why Psalm 91 is important? Let's think about it. Why is it important? It's important because when we look at the life of Moses, we see that it was far from being perfect, far from being sinless, it was far from being without any fear. And if you know the story of Moses, you will remember that there are so many disasters and so many successes he's gone through. So let's just look into Moses' life. And what's very helpful with Moses' life is that he lived 120 years and there are key sort of seasons in his life, 40 years, 40 years, and 40 years. So we're going to look into that. So Moses was a Hebrew. So first 40 years, so he was born, and then Pharaoh was afraid that Israelites were like growing, and there were so many babies that he ordered to all the boy babies to be killed. Moses' mother protected him, and it says in Exodus, she saw that he was a special baby and kept him hidden for three months. When she couldn't hide him anymore, she made a little boat, placed him in it, and put him into the Nile River. And little baby Moses was rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. And Pharaoh's daughter raised him up in the palace, surrounded by all the luxuries of Egypt. So Moses was raised as royalty. This is his first 40 years. The next 40 years, Moses was a murderer and Moses was afraid. Like such a big contrast from his first 40 years. So he grew up in the palace, but he knew he was a Hebrew. When Moses saw Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave, the Bible says, looking this way and that, and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. We know we deal with fear, right? But so did Moses. I mean, he killed, he murdered someone. That's, that's a big deal. So when Pharaoh found out that Moses, what Moses has done and that he killed um, Egyptian, Moses ran for his life. He lived in the desert for 40 years, became a husband, became a father. And what was Moses doing? He was trying to hide, to hide away from God as well, because he felt, he felt fearful, he felt shameful. So in order to reach out to Moses, God appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that 
Though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So God wanted Moses to rescue the Israelites from Egypt. And Moses, of course, was afraid. That's why God was like, I'm going to come to you in the burning bush. Listen to me, hear me out. And Moses still wasn't convinced, and he was giving excuse after excuse and saying, I couldn't, I can't speak properly, I can't do it, please send someone else. And God didn't want to send someone else. He, and he got angry with Moses. But Lord had mercy, and uh, he heard Moses. And then we look at the next 40 years where Moses becomes a great leader, a courageous leader, who leads people into the promised land. So as we know, Moses agreed to lead people out of Egypt, but still was afraid. So God recruited his brother Aaron, promising to help them both. So that was very helpful. But there were still so many challenges along the way. People were getting tired of the journey. Um, people were losing their faith that they will ever see this promised land. And there, there was a moment when Moses spent 40 days and 40 nights being in God's presence, being with God. And I think that's where he written he, the Ten Commandments. And even then, sort of knowing that Moses is spending time with God, Israelites created an idol. So God got, got angry. Moses asked, God, do not kill the Israelites. So God showed mercy. So for 40 years, Moses led the Israelites. And God kept his promise to always be, be with him. But the funny thing is, Moses didn't even see the promised land. So he lived all this life, and then he died in peace. But Israelites saw promised land later. So life full of promises, full of fears, full of sin in a way. But Moses remained faithful to God and still led people to the promised land, even though he didn't even see the promised land himself. And that shows me, Moses' life, that it's not straightforward at all. So in the way, I feel like, oh, I can, I can relate to this life because my life is not straightforward. Um, but when we, when we read Psalm 91, the sort of, the feeling we get when we read it is it's very uplifting. It's really uplifting our spirit. And the way it's written, it kind of makes you wonder, whoever wrote this psalm must be so calm and so not afraid of any challenges in life because they're so firm in that knowledge of God has got me and I have nothing to be scared of. So, and I want us to have a think about this. What does this passage tell us about us? So two words that clearly stood out to me as I read this psalm are dwell and rest. So two words, dwell and rest. And in verse one we can see, it says, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. So we find shelter and refuge 
when we dwell and rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And the meaning dwell, dwelling, is a state of life to be fixed in attention, shelter, or a house in which people live in. So dwelling is more than just a quick action. It's more than just, oh, I'll fit my dwelling and resting in between my busy schedule. I'll quickly do it and I'll be fine. No, dwelling is a continuous state. In a way, it's a lifestyle. So for how many of us, dwelling in God is a lifestyle? And something, that sense of rest, something that never leaves us. So ask yourself, is, am I good with dwelling and resting in God? Is this something I've got sorted out? And when we looked at life of Moses, we, we saw that he spent 40 days and 40 nights um, being with God, being in God's presence. And that's in a way, having these times together with God is how we able, or how Moses was able to carry on his duties and keep leading people, even though people were creating idols, people were doing loads of different things that were so frustrating. But because Moses was so firm in that sort of knowing that God is my dwelling place and it is something I can always go to and find my rest and strength, that's how he was able to live life and be a courageous leader. And for us, as God's children, that's what God wants us to be. He wants us constantly to be connected with him and rely on him. And I was reminded of that uh, verse in Genesis 2, verse 7. It's when God was creating a human. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. So it's his breath in our lungs. So we were made to be constantly tied up to him. We were made to be that connected. We were made to be looked after. We were made to be loved. We were made to be, we were meant to dwell in God. We were meant to worship him. So that's how we were created. And then if we move down from verse three in Psalm 91, in the way, we can see the consequences of dwelling in God's presence. So we can see that we will be rescued, we will be protected, we will be looked after by God. It comes from a place of that dwelling in the shelter of the Most High. So when we lack that time, when we lack that opportunity in God's presence, we get fearful, we get anxious, we lack confidence to know how our future will look like, how our today will look like. And when I was thinking about sort of that connection, being connected to God, being in the shelter of the Most High, I imagine this picture of, you know, when we were little kids, we would, we were like, let's say we got scared of something, 
and then we see our parent or a grandparent, someone we know loves us unconditionally, and we run to that person for that embrace. And in the way, this is how it works with our Heavenly Father. He wants to wrap his arms around us when we feel scared, when we feel anxious, when we feel dry. And he's like, come and I, look, and I will look after you. I'm your shelter. And um, one of my favorite Bible translations um, is Passion Translation. And it's very poetic. It's very beautiful the way the words um, are going. And it actually says that verse 4 in Psalm 91, it says, his massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you. You can run under his covering of majesty and hide. I mean, isn't that amazing? That's what our Heavenly Father offers us, to be in his massive arms wrapped around us. And when I think of this psalm and the author, Moses, I'm absolutely in awe of how this man going through so much pain, fear, lack of certainty for the future, and still standing firm in the Lord. And he's probably in that place of dwelling. He, he learned with, with, with all these battles he had, you know, living in the Egyptian home, then killing, running, being fearful. He learned that being connected to God is so crucial. And I think that he would have not been able to lead Israelites so courageously if he wasn't sort of 100% connected to the Lord. So for us, when we get it right with our priorities, and when we constantly dwell and rest in the presence of God, we won't be shaken, we will be rescued, and no evil will be able to overcome us. So that solid foundation, which is our relationship with God, that's what I see in this psalm. And when we've got that relationship sorted out, nothing can ever overcome us. And then I want us to look at what does this passage tell us about God? And I just picked up a few words I saw in this psalm. So, when we dwell in the shelter of the Most High, He will cover us with feathers, be our refuge under His wings, be faithful to us, punish the wicked, command the angels to guard us, rescue us, protect us, be with us in times of trouble, deliver us, honor us with long life, and show us the salvation. I mean, it's pretty good and pretty encouraging. And it, it really kind of encourages me to sort my relationship out with God. And like, you know what? When I feel like, oh, I don't have time, oh, I'm too tired. No, that's not an excuse. <laughs> like, because God offers me so much more and I just need to take this small step, just allow God to be with me. So, how do we respond? We've heard about this dwell and rest, life of Moses. We now know the promises that God offers us. How do we respond? I'm sure that 
when we read this psalm and everything is ordered in our life, everything is in control, we've got things sorted out, it's very easy, it's like, oh yeah, that, is, that really speaks to me, brilliant, amazing. But it's so much harder when our life is falling apart and our foundations are crumbling. And I'm, I mean, I ask myself a question, you know, what if the trouble comes my way? What if I feel that, you know, I'm being robbed of my peace? Situ you know, the circumstances happen in life and how do I look at this psalm knowing that I am not really protected? I feel like I'm not protected. I feel like my life is falling apart. And the question I want to ask you today, so if that's how you feel, that like, what if the trouble comes my way? So two questions. Will we let our battle or situation win us? Or will we let this battle teach us how to fight and teach us where to take our weapons from? So every time we get into the place of insecurity, of feeling like, okay, this battle is, is coming my way, what do I do? Change your perspective. Think that, you know what, well, God, this battle will teach me. And actually, I know how to fight. I know where I take my weapons from, from the Lord. <laughs> um, so when we remain in the place of dwelling, we are able to see our situation, not through our eyes anymore, but through God's eyes. And there is this other verse, well, a couple of verses actually, um, that are one of my favorites. Because when I read them in times of battle, God just lifted my spirit up. So it's in James chapter one, verses two to four. It says, consider it pure joy my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when we are tested, it's an opportunity for God to do something in our lives. And this, these verses in James and Psalm 91, they were really encouraging in my personal life, especially over the past eight years. Um, I don't know if, any, if everyone knows, but I come from a country called Ukraine, and uh, I love my home. But at one point, eight years ago, I, had to, I lost my home and I had to flee uh, my hometown. And we, as a family, we had to go somewhere completely unknown, not having any sense of physical security, but we knew that we can only rely on God's provision at that point. And before we made that big step of taking a risk, we prayed as a family and God just told us, you go and I'm gonna look after you. And that whole journey of settling into a new place and losing our comfortable way of life felt like this verse four, his massive arms are wrapped around you, protecting you 
you can run under his covering of majesty and hide. We were confident in God's provision because his arms were wrapped around us. And then kind of eight years gone past, I was like, okay, yeah, life seems a little bit more stable. Thank you, Lord, you made it, you made our life even better, thank you. And then a couple months ago, I lose my home again. My family, we, we lose it. And because the war started and it's, it's like, you know, okay, God, new adventure, here we go. Do I feel scared? Do my family feel scared? Of course we do. Do we have things sorted out? No. But what we do have is that confidence in God that if God looked after me and my family eight years ago, he will look after me now. So I have nothing to fear because his arms are wrapped around me. And I might not have, as a person, that physical place that I can call my home, you know, the four walls that I own, but I can be confident that my place of safety is God under the wings of my Father. So I dwell, I dwell daily in the shelter of the Most High, and I just know that I have nothing to fear, even though in sort of with the world standards or like physical world I see, yes, there are so many things that are unknown and I am scared, but I know that God is with me. And in a way, this is where I had to change that perspective in my life, where, you know, I'm not just a citizen or I'm not just a Ukrainian or I'm not just a, I don't know, Mary, I am a citizen of heaven and that actually I'm God's child, and that comes before everything else. And so wherever I go, I have my home and a place of security with my Father God. So this psalm is definitely pushes me to think less about my physical comfort and pushes me more towards um, my spiritual comfort and confidence. Because if my spirit is strong, then I can handle anything that happens around me in the physical world. God was and is faithful in my, in my life. So it's so important that we don't let external dictate our internal. Let me just say it again. It's important that we don't let our external, things we see with our eyes, things that might affect us, we don't let these things dictate our internal, what, you know, our spirit. But completely opposite, learn how to dwell in the shelter of the Most High so that whatever faces you in the external is not able to affect you and make you stumble. So this is what I see when I read Psalm 91. This is the life God offers us when we allow him to spend time with us. This psalm is about that internal security which we can carry wherever we go. It's about the state of our soul. It's about the state of our spirit. So we don't dwell just for a moment. We continuously dwell with God. We continuously rest with God. 
And even though I try my best <laughs> with dwelling, you know, I can't say that my life is always straightforward. And I do often laugh and cry. Mostly, of course, I cry about this. But for some reason, um, for me and my family, God always pushes us to live by faith. There was never a moment when we like, oh yeah, we know what we're doing. Never. We always have to fix our eyes on the Lord. And it's very hard and challenging and annoying, but I learn every single day so many new things about God. When I go through these valleys and through these challenges, and quite honestly, I wouldn't change my life because actually I, I love these battles because it's an opportunity for me to grow, for me to know God and, and see God at work, really. So when I read this psalm, it lifts my spirit up, not because my life is perfect, but because I know that this is the promise that God offers me. And as we saw we looked at Moses' life earlier, there are different seasons, and it probably taken Moses loads of strength to write this psalm, because he was facing quite a few battles in his lifetime. So let's not be afraid when we face trials of any kind, because we know that the testing of our faith produces perseverance. So let's make our dwelling and resting in the presence of God our state, our lifestyle. Let's not allow external to break our peace and confidence in God. Amen. Um, shall we pray? Let's just um, bow our heads. Father God, I thank you for these amazing stories in the Bible, these amazing people who, who were so imperfect, who were so full of sin. And Lord, I thank you for showing us that you can make things different, that you are the one who can turn lives upside down. So Lord, I just pray that it will be us, Lord, that we'll be brave enough to say yes to you, to say, yes, Lord, here I am. You, now you order my steps. And Lord, I know that some of us, it's very hard to, to stop. It's very hard to find that dwelling and resting place. So Lord, I just pray that um, you'll encourage us that even in the midst of busyness, in the midst of busy schedule and work, I pray that there'll be a few moments when we recognize that you are here with us. And Lord, I pray that, um, that you'll, keep, you'll keep pushing us, keep pushing us towards trusting you, towards letting things go and letting you move in our lives. So Lord, I pray that every time battle comes our way, I pray that we won't be shaken, but we'll be rejoicing because um, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Lord, we believe that strength comes from you and resources comes from you, Lord. So yes, Lord, help us to change that attitude of fear 
and making it into faith and confidence of knowing that you've got us. So Lord, we pray this in your name. Amen.